Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, U.S. government is getting serious about tracking crypto. China adds blockchain job titles to its official list of occupations. And in our main story, can IPFS help Hong Kong avoid China's grip? All coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. Some people call it hump day. Some people call it Wednesday. I call it another day, another crypto story. Just a quick reminder, today is the last day to file your taxes. So if you did not file your taxes, today is the last day. Remember, usually it's April 15th, but because of COVID-19, the IRS gave everybody a three-month extension to be able to file by today, July 15th. And if you haven't, you're going to be late. So if you didn't file your taxes, remember to finish listening to this podcast, subscribe, like, and leave us a comment. Then go do your taxes before you get any penalties because we want to make sure you get your money back. Speaking of money, what are those Bitcoin crypto prices? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And as for today's crypto prices, I'm recording this at 11 a.m. Eastern time. All these coins seem like stable coins again. Bitcoin is only down $4, which is 0.04%, despite $15 billion in 24-hour volume. It hasn't moved much. Same thing with Ethereum, only down 80 cents from yesterday at 239.60. Litecoin at 43.38, down 30 cents from yesterday. Bitcoin Cash is down 80 cents from yesterday at 228.83. And XRP is sitting the same at 19.8 cents, sitting the same as yesterday. Not much is going on in the crypto space. Seems like not much money is coming in, not much money is going out. But each of these coins have over a billion dollars in 24-hour trading volume. Where's that money going? What is that money doing? Well, it's not moving the prices. Today I signed legislation and an executive order to hold China accountable for its oppressive actions against the people of Hong Kong. We've all watched what happened. Their freedom's been taken away, their rights have been taken away, and with it goes Hong Kong, in my opinion. Look, you know, I, I want to make sure we, we get this straight. Hong Kong is part of China. There, there's just no argument about that. Then returned back to China as of 1997. It was on a 99-year lease, the, the British, uh, and it's gone back since 1997, like I said. So it is part of China. Now, what they did come up with is called a one-country-to-system rule so that Hong Kong can slowly progressively, progressively go back into being part of PRC, People's Republic of China. Part of those negotiation when the British handed back Hong Kong back to China was that Hong Kong was able to enjoy those democratic rights and the freedom of, say, Facebook, the protesting of freedom of speech. What we feel right now in Hong Kong is that China is just speeding up that progress of having Hong Kong return back sooner to China. 
and limiting the amount of voice that uh, people can have here in, in Hong Kong. That was my good friend Danny, who was born and raised in New York City, but has been a resident in Hong Kong for the past decade. In our main story today, can IPFS save the rights of the people of Hong Kong, their freedoms that they've enjoyed for so long, from the grips of new Chinese regulations and legislations? Before we get into this conversation with Mr. Matthew DeSalvo, who wrote this article on Decrypt.co, let's go to Stephen Graves, managing editor, to first learn what is exactly IPFS. So IPFS stands for Interplanetary File Storage. Basically, it's a peer-to-peer file sharing system. Today, the majority of the data on the internet is stored on centralized servers and accessed by location-based addressing. You search for the location of a file. Instead, IPFS uses content-based addressing. Files are distributed through a BitTorrent-based protocol, and instead of looking for where a file is stored, you search for the content of the file using its unique hash. IPFS removes duplicated content and tracks the version history of each file on the network. That means the network's more resilient. You don't lose chunks of the data on the internet when a server goes down. It also makes the network censorship resistant. A government or other centralized authority can't block access to content by preventing people from accessing a server. Matthew, thank you for coming back on the show, man. Thanks for having me again, Matthew. Look, you keep writing the very interesting articles. I saw this one. IPFS, how can it help Hong Kong avoid China's grip? And China's grip, I'm assuming, is its overarching great firewall of blocking just about everything that's on the internet besides things that China wants on the internet. Am I I right with this? Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one, Matthew. Um, Basically, I'm sure you've heard of TikTok, one of the most popular apps right now, I think. TikTok decided to halt its access in Hong Kong for users there because China have a new security law, which um, basically among other things, allows police to take stuff down that's online. Um, And uh, TikTok didn't want to be involved in that mess and um, decided to stop working there, essentially. The article I wrote at the weekend, by talking to experts, we found out that a certain technology might be able to get around this. And this is called the Interplanetary File System. It sort of sounds like the blockchain, but it's not the blockchain. Um, It has a similar architecture to the blockchain, but it's um, entirely separate technology, although blockchain apps do use it. And yeah, basically what we found is that if apps like TikTok or other websites run on the IPFS, um, they could basically get around strict government controls. How would it get around strict government controls? Look, I lived in China for 13 years. And uh, as my listeners probably know, the VPNs work well, and, you know, but everything's hosted outside of China. You have to break through that firewall, firewall. Is this kind of working the same way? Is it like a breakthrough that firewall? Or is it just a way that the government can't restrict it because of its decentralized nature? It, yeah, it's it, it, it's a, it's an interesting one, Matthew. Um, basically, if the TikTok let's let's use TikTok as an example. If TikTok um, is hosted on the IPFS, if the website goes down, or is you know if it, the government decides to shut it down, the government didn't shut it down this time. 
TikTok did, but if the government were to shut it down, the user's information would already be held on this distributed file ledger, essentially. So, you know, if it did go down, then a bunch of developers could just use all that information and essentially throw it back up onto the internet. Um, all they'd have to do is rewrite the interface of TikTok. That's my understanding. And what is that going to do for the people of Hong Kong? Look, I, I'm just kind of curious because if you're trying to circumvent a government, they're going to find a way to not circumvent what they're trying to do. Does this really pose a solution, a practical solution, do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I mean, you said you lived in in, in China and there's, there's always a way um, of getting around things. Um, I think the government can try its best to shut down the internet, shut down the web. But as, as I'm sure you already know, Matthew, there's always a way of getting around things. IPFS is just a far more advanced and elegant way, I think, of getting around um, government controls. Sure, it's not very known about right now um, and it sounds kind of complex, but this just shows that technology is advancing quickly and um, there's always going to be a way to get around the authorities. President Trump called for TikTok to be banned in America. Do you think that this is a way for TikTok to keep its popularity here in the United States? Sorry, you're not in the United States, but here where I am in the United States. Yeah, this could um, get around certainly if, if Trump was to ban TikTok for different reasons to China. Um, this could definitely be a way to um, keep its popularity for sure. How else do you think IPFS could be used? besides just uh, TikTok and our favorite apps or social media apps working in the countries we want them to work in? There's a, a cycle, encyclopedia. We interviewed the, 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 the co-founder of it called Everipedia. And uh, that is essentially a decentralized version of Wikipedia. And um, it rewards contributors with cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm sure you know, in some countries like um, Wikipedia it has been shut down. But um, with Everipedia, the idea is that, you know, all its articles are hosted on the IPFS, meaning that it's, it's almost impossible to close it down. So yeah, that's an example of where we've seen um, the IPFS working in other ways. A lot of pressure is being put on these different social media companies, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, what have you, to not only fact check, to ban hate speech, to ban certain, certain speech. Do you, First of all, your just personal opinion, how far do you think that these companies should go to try to regulate? And how much do you think the regulation is going to push people off of their platforms into IPFS? And this is just personal opinion. This is a, this is a tricky debate, really. Um, I'm from the UK, so free speech isn't as... I mean, it's, it's becoming a hotter topic, so it's not as uh, heated, a heated debate as in the US. But yeah, I think a lot of people are getting kind of fed up with um, Twitter and Facebook taking sides. And yeah, I can I can really see um, people going to, I mean, we're already seeing people move to new platforms. Um, and yeah, if, 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 you know, we get people like President Trump um, moving to a new platform because he's, I think he's, there's been talk of him even, you know, the possibility of that as Twitter polices his tweets more and more, um, I think we could see people moving to new technologies, yeah, that may even use technology like um, new platforms, rather, that may use technology like IPFS. Right on, Matthew. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Matthew. And in other news, China adds blockchain job titles to its official list of occupations. China has a directory with over 1,338 official job titles in China. And now blockchain engineer is one of those titles. What does this job entail? Someone that works on architecture design, programming, system application, and testing of blockchain systems. This is a reference for China's occupations that was published in 1999. Last year, they added new titles as well, such as eSport athlete and drone pilot. Is this another step to mass adoption? 
or is this something to be concerned about? Speaking of governments, the United States government is getting serious on tracking crypto, adding to the list of government agencies that made moves to track crypto, the IRS, the DEA, the Secret Service, the United States Army is now putting in a request to track cryptocurrencies. The article doesn't state why the US Army would want to track cryptocurrency payments, but my guess is to see where money is moving by the enemies in terms of arms purchases, in terms of payments between governments. And I think this could be in relation to Russia placing bounties on US soldiers' heads in Afghanistan and paying bounties. How were they paying the bounties? Well, they found cash. Could other bounties have been paid in cryptocurrencies? This could be something of interest to the US Army. And finally, Revolut Bank brings cryptocurrency offerings to the United States. The Revolut app now lets US customers purchase Bitcoin and Ethereum with more cryptocurrencies coming soon. So this means customers in 49 states can now purchase, store, and sell Bitcoin and Ethereum using the Revolut app. And if you're curious what state doesn't allow them to do this, it's Tennessee. So all states besides Tennessee can purchase cryptocurrencies, store cryptocurrencies, and sell cryptocurrencies using this app. Quote, in the near future, Bitcoin Cash, XRP, and Litecoin will be added to their portfolio. Looking forward to that. And thank you for listening to today's show. Remember, Decrypt.co to get all your news. Decrypt has an app. Go to Google Play or the Apple App Store. Download the Decrypt app to get all your news. And don't forget, you can send me an email at MatthewAaron at DecryptMedia.com. I'm here for you. We'll see you tomorrow.